As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros. Hello and welcome to Prospects to Pros, sponsored by Vesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. My name is Nate Tice. I am your host today. And as always, joining me, the beast himself, Mr. Dane Brugler. How are you doing? Now that we are almost into October, we're starting to – your season – I know you're an NFL and football fan and college football fan overall, but your season is just creeping every ever so closer. So how are you doing today, Dane? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, this is it's crazy. September's almost over. Uh, and this is one of the best times on the calendar because it's uh you know, we have fresh tape, you know, we can react to these guys, we're learning about these guys. Um but no, it's good. I I'm a little sore. We uh on Sunday morning we had the my my son's U10 soccer the parents versus the team uh game. Oh boy. Uh, my first ever soccer game. I've, I was I was baseball football growing up. I never played soccer. Uh but man, a full hour playing against those kids. I am sore uh like i haven't been in a while so uh, i'm feeling it but we're playing a little hurt this morning when i was with the falcons we played like the equipment guys some of the trainers and then like you know some of the scouts we would play football but it, it wasn't even touch football it was as soon as you catch it you're down like so there's no running after the catch are you quarterback so I just playing it. i was a quarterback always. okay yeah. uh but it's but the quarterback could get rushed and mm. so it was scramble drill every single time the first time I played that, and you know, I was just working out, but I was not moving. I was just, very, I got very bulky and big at that time. <laughs> and I'm run, that next day was one of the most sore I've oh, ever sure. been in my entire life. And it was just, I couldn't believe it that pickup football game. But then we played soccer, and I think I, we, we found a soccer ball, we set up some cones, and we just played like a little four on four. We we're terrible. And after that, <laughs> I like my obliques were hurting. And I was oh, like, because yeah. I was. T- twisting and hurting so that's it i can empathize i can empathize and yeah that was not only 20s. yeah you're going up and down but you're you know, the twisting of your body and the way oh. like it's yeah no for sure i, I got a lot got, more respect for soccer players uh and obviously you have to be well conditioned but i mean yeah you have to be a, such a good athlete so it's such a good athlete yeah so yeah. so do you ever have what what okay so i have a theory on this i was not gonna did not think i would ever ask you this but actually this is a great question i think do you, any football players do you think that could be good at soccer? Just one that comes to mind. I've always said Darren Sproles would be a world class okay. soccer player if he w- if he was born in like Spain. 
Like, you know, like right, that, right. I, I really think that. But what, what do you have like one that just comes to your mind before we jump into prospects right now? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I think, um, I mean, guy like, like like Austin Eckler, he's so controlled oh, yeah. with his movements, but he's got speed. Um, yeah. Like, I that's a good one. He stands out. I mean, he, I don't know. That's the first name that came to my mind. But any like five nine, five ten running backs is kind right. of where my mind goes. Yeah, I know. yeah, I yeah. Know. They're fast, but they're not. You know, they're they're compact, not not too bulky, but not gangly. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that those I running like, backs like, make sense. I like that. I like where you, I like. See, you get it. Most people are like, oh, LeBron James, or they go like, oh, can you imagine if this like. If this tight end, if Travis Kelsey, Gronk played soccer, it's like, no, their body, no, their body types don't work. Right. So you get it. You went straight for the five ten types because that's exactly it. But <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I, growing up in Northeast Ohio, I mean, trust me, I, LeBron James playing football, I think through his sophomore oh year, I, I still yeah. just dream of the day where that could, uh, could have been a reality. We could have seen him as a defensive end, tight end type of guy because he was, he, he was the number one football recruit in Ohio as a sophomore. Uh, and of course, obviously made the smart decision and uh, yeah. went the basketball route. But I, I still dream of that, of what could have been in, in that alternate scenario. The the all state as a sophomore in Ohio is uh yeah that that's pretty notable. That's a little different than Minnesota <laughs> high school football. <laughs> when you're a sophomore getting all state, yeah. Right, I, right. I, I, even when they had the lockout, they did like a flag football league against him and Kevin Durant, and he oh. like he took and LeBron took a slant. And just took it to the house, and it was like, oh, it was like a bigger, taller. It was six eight Odell Beckham. It's different. <laughs> it, was, it was it was pretty different. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, but getting into last weekend's games and really just the first month of the college football season, kind of wrapping up, we had a, a juicy one on Saturday. A couple a couple of fun games, but a really yeah. really good one in the Midwest. Speaking of, <laughs> uh, we had Notre Dame and Ohio State, and there are this game was just littered with prospects and really in the trenches, uh, especially on both sides of the ball. But any initial thoughts on, on Notre Dame, Ohio State? Where do you want to start off with? Because I know there's kind of these names that are in, on your big board that are up there, uh, the Notre Dame offensive line and the Ohio State defensive line. But anywhere that you want to start with. I think we got to start with even Ohio State did get the win, um, but I want to start with Joe Alt, Notre Dame left tackle. Um, I mean, he was fantastic. He, was. he did give up a few pressures uh, to Molatu, was able to bully him a few times, uh, but no sacks. Uh, he just he does such a good job of not getting stressed in his movements. He's tall. He's a little top heavy, but he's able to play with leverage. He's able to sit down, stay centered, play under control. So aesthetically, it's it's a little different, you know, than an Olu Fashanu or some of these other tackles. But he's been better in pass protection this year than last year, which is exactly what I wanted to see. Um, and look, he didn't give up a sack last year. So it's not like he was bad in pass protection. He was very good. But in terms of some of his movements, some of the, the body control things, I, it, he's still not the most explosive puncher. But yeah. he, if, he, if you're going to play with that type of balance, you don't need to be. Uh, so the all, I graded him as a mid-first-round pick coming into this yep. year. With Through four games, he's a top-ten pick based off of some of these improvements he's made in pass protection. So, uh, and we saw that I, I thought, um, even though uh, again, Ohio state did get the win, but one of the takeaways from this game for me watching the tape was Joe Alt. And, and, and again, I, Ohio state doesn't necessarily have the speed off the edge. So I, there's still yeah. a, a little bit of a question mark there against high end speed. If he's going to be facing a Dallas Turner or a chop Robinson, those types of guys, but he is every test that he's been given so far, he has, aced uh yeah. so far through four games 
And even if there wasn't, you know, Ohio State doesn't have that twitchy, speedy guy, you know, that they've had in the past. It's like, this was actually even a type of matchup I wanted to see with Alt and just because, you know, he doesn't have that pop in his hands. How does a bull rusher, a mm-hmm. guy that wins with strength like Ohio State has, how does he hold up in that? And how does he maintain? And I thought, I, I agree with you. I thought he he's answering questions that I had about him. Uh, like you said, he's such a good athlete. It's almost a the classic finesse left tackle, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that just wins with bounce, wins with nice hand placement, and just wins with being a good athlete. And you can see the former tight end stuff. And I, I've seen the Brian O'Neill com- par- comparison to him. And I think he's kind of a, it's almost like a little better version of that, which yeah. is saying something. Yeah. And um, I'm with you. I, I was a little down on him. I was lower on him than I thought I would be. We talked about this going in the, uh, into yeah. the season. And I'm right there with you where I just, he has done nothing but just his, his stock is improving. And just how he's – it's all just based off of play. And I thought this game was a perfect question mark for him to answer, and he answered it just like as as well as I could have hoped. And I know people roll their eyes when we talk about bloodlines and things like that. Yeah. But his, his dad being a an accomplished NFL offensive lineman, like I, I think that plays into this a little bit because, you know, Joe grew, grew up – not necessarily watching his dad. His dad played before uh, Joe was around, but just that understanding of, oh, this is what my dad did, and so this is what yeah. I'm going to do. And just it's it, very natural for him with the movements, the body control, and he becomes more and more comfortable um, with every game. So, yeah, Joe Alt, stock way up. Um, yeah. and even on the other side, too, right tackle, Blake Fisher. I thought he played a strong game, too. Uh, probably yeah. a better better run the uh, run blocker than pass protector right now but flash power in his hands he's a smart player so i thought both of notre dame's tackles uh played well uh, against yeah. ohio state shout out to joe rudolph their offensive line coach mm. he, I, I know rudy pretty well he was the tight end coach when i was at wisconsin at uh oc at Pitt when i was a ga there but he's i they show him on the sidelines so i was like oh rudy yeah it's like perfect fit for him but yeah he's got shout some out dudes to him as well. there's no doubt he does it, even with those, with that said, Ohio State's defense, I thought they did, you know, play I was well. Ask you, yeah. Uh, and well, who, stu- guys should- who, st- who stood out for you on their defense? Uh, Sawyer, my my guy. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just really liking how he's playing with it. Jack Sawyer. Sorry, um, defensive I, end. I think right. he, defensive end. I look at him as a uh, kind of a useful player, utility player, a, a classic three four Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, type, but now nowadays you call him the Jack, and and this is the role that can drop into coverage. This is the guy that rushed the passer. He can be used in different blitz looks. Um, you just use him everywhere. I don't look him as a true first round type, but I really like him as as like I think we maintained where I had him before that early second round, and I think he's doing some nice things. I just I just like the usefulness. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say again that I'm overwhelmed by his stuff, but it's like I just his baseline's so high, and if he can get with the right fit, right team that uses. You know, like a Carolina or any of those defenses that use those kind of three down nickel fronts, the Titan mint stuff. I think he'd be a perfect fit for that. So he's yeah. a guy I, I just like. I just really, really like him, this, uh, especially on that Ohio State defense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. He was my number 35 player coming into the year. Yeah. And I think that's pretty much exactly where I think of him now. Um, yep. uh, still in the same range. Um, on the other side, uh, I mean, I mentioned to, uh, to JTT. Let's go with that. Uh, I love it. Yeah, yes. Jonathan Taylor uh, Thomas. There, there we go. go. Yeah, nineties <laughs> reference. Uh, but I mean, he had a he had a pretty good game too. He did he, again. He didn't have he doesn't have that speed where he's just going to stress blockers yeah. uh, around the corner. But he does have power, and he's a smart player. That sniffing out that screen pass and the the final drive for Notre Dame. 
Uh, I mean, that, that was the game right there. If he doesn't make that mm-hmm. little tip, uh, the, the game's over. So, you know, he, he played a smart game. He's just, he's not that overwhelming athlete. And yep. so that clouds his draft projection a little bit because you have to understand the type of player you're getting. Um, and, you know, that's not necessarily a top 15 pick, but he's yeah. still a good player. And so it's like, you know, I, I, I feel like almost because pass rushers go early and you know people have been talking about him as a top 10 top 15 pick like people are gonna think he's falling when necessarily it's just not the case it's yeah understanding the type of player that he is he's gonna be an nfl pro for a long time but he's just not that um you know that that pass rusher that's necessarily gonna scare uh nfl offenses yeah uh because he's, he's, just he's a, a he's not that type of athlete yeah, yeah, he's a run-first, complimentary pass rusher type. I, I actually am starting to come around maybe with like a George Carl office comparison. Mm. Uh, as I, they're tiered kind of similar in my mind. Right. Uh, that type of complimentary rusher, run-first, maybe more to tap into and as a pro. Carl office is playing well this year. Um, but that type of guy, like a, a good starters type that maybe doesn't have the high-end stuff that we picture. Oh, first-round edge. Yeah. 12 sacks, right? <laughs> Gonna right. bend like Gumby. And it's like more like, no, it's just a bruiser, bruiser type. I, I, yeah. I'm with you on him, but I, I still like him. Uh, again, oh, yeah, I just like smart, him. Smart, strong. Smart, I mean, yeah. yeah like he, and he's not a bad athlete by any means. He's nope, just not nope. that twitchy Solid. Uh, get off. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. So I'll tell you what, though, the, the Ohio State defensive player that I really popped for me was Tyleek Williams, a defensive tackle. I yeah. thought he was their best defensive player Saturday night uh, after I watched the tape. Handful of pressures. Uh, he was terrific against the run. Should have had an interception uh, on that great third down blitz they had where he dropped in the coverage, took away the passing lane, took away the screen. Uh, and he played, I think, 86% of the snaps I wrote down. So uh, he he's a guy that played a lot of snaps, but still in the yeah. fourth quarter was given a ton of effort. And so Tyleek Williams... Uh, you know, Michael Hall, the other defensive tackle, yeah. he, he played well too, but he gets more of the attention. Tyler Williams yeah. is a really good player. And I thought uh, when you throw in that Notre Dame tape, he's one of those guys that you, you know, come away talking about more so than maybe some of these other Ohio State defenders. Well, especially that they have depth at that interior spot that that's significant that he's playing so many snaps. The coach is like, yeah. no, no, he's got to be out there. Right? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. We got to keep that guy on there, especially someone that's so young. Did you, anyone on the Ohio State's offense stood out for you? I, I know we... We're both fans of the tight end, Kate Stover. But like, yeah. did you did you watch Donovan Jackson at all? Their guard, um, or any any Ohio State player stand out to you on the offensive side? Uh, Ibuka comes through again. I mean, he was yeah. he just so natural finding space <laughs> in the defense. Yeah. It's outside it's, Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. Well, it's funny when that when that injury happened. I texted one of my scout buddies who yeah. uh, was in the press box and. I said, uh-oh, you know, what's the vibe? And he, he said there was just an audible gasp when uh, Harrison went down uh, and just, I mean, everyone was kind of buzzing about that. Thankfully, got yeah. back on the field, doesn't, you yes. know, appear to be anything long-term, thankfully, with uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. But, I mean, Igbuka, he just, he shows why he is just, he's, he might not be a top 10 pick, but he is going to be a very productive pro for a long time because he can work inside, outside. He can find soft spots in zone. He can yeah. still has the athleticism to beat you in man. He's very reliable, dependable pass catcher. Um, I mean, there's just so much to like there. Even if he might yeah. not have a true, uh, you know, alpha trait, you know, he's yeah. not overwhelming with his size. He's not overwhelming with the speed, but he's good across the board. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, those types of players. He's a Z. 
He is, yeah, yeah. I mean, but he can also be a why. I mean, he can also, you know, he he can he can do so many different things that to help different schemes, different offenses. So, yeah, I I tell you what, the wide receiver two battles this year are going to be bloody. Uh, yeah. you know the the first receiver draft after Marvin Harrison Jr. Keon Coleman was awesome. Uh, that that touchdown he had uh was sick uh, against Clemson uh and the noon slate of college football games. Um, Odunzier for Washington is awesome. I think he's in that conversation. Yeah. Malik Neighbors from LSU has been yeah. going off. So yeah, the wide receiver two conversation is awesome, and I I don't think there's necessarily a consensus. I don't think they're you know yeah. but now or April. I, I think this is. Yeah depending on the flavor of receiver you want. But Igbuka showed in this game why I think he belongs in there. Kate Stover, uh, who you mentioned, he was 7 for 52, um, uh, a lot of first downs. Um, you know, he's uh, He can break tackles. Uh, yeah. He had a couple nice chips. Um, I, I thought he did better as a blocker than we saw in the first three games, uh, especially out in space. So, yeah, I agree. Ohio State's offense, uh, Kyle McCord, we saw grow up uh, there in that final drive. Uh, yep. that, that, that was a lot of fun to watch if you're an Ohio State fan. Yeah, uh, Stover, well, yeah, just first off with the receivers is that I, I think as opposed to maybe last year's class where it was kind of like, does anybody want this to be receiver one or receiver two? Right. Does anyone want to go in the first round? You guys are just like bad. Uh, not that like guys were playing bad, but it was kind of like, who's going to step up? It right. feels like just every week guys are stepping up and playing very well, not only just eye test statistically as well it's not us convincing a guy that went for four four catches for 50 yards it's like yeah this guy's a first rounder it's like no these guys are going for 150 two touchdowns it's like yes it's kind of makes the argument a little easier but i think that's fun i i like stover i he's such a wild horse and you could just but tell that he is man but you can tell he's getting more comfortable and mm-hmm. not playing you he's Last year, I always just felt like he was stiff because he was robotic because he was thinking like, okay, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, break. One, right, two, three. Right. You could tell. Now you could tell he's getting some reps under him. But I, I think his stocks just keeps going up. I I, I really like him just because it's just that athletic traits that he has. Farmer Gronk. Um, that's great. Uh, <laughs> Farmer Gronk. That's great. That I yeah. like that. Uh, but yeah, we we touched on the Ohio State defensive players and how maybe some of these edge guys are – you know, maybe not the most overwhelming athletes or anything. And we talked a lot about how the offensive players in this draft are great. Uh, this is a very top heavy offensive draft and depth at a lot of major positions. But the defense aside, right now, Dane, not a lot of guys kind of fighting their way that are really standing out, at least to me. But there's a lot of good players, but maybe not those exceptional ones. But right now, who do you think is the best defensive player in the draft uh, right now uh, as we sit here in September or ones that are throwing their hat in the ring at the very least? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It feels like in most years we have somebody separate themselves from the pack uh, by this time in the calendar. You know, last year, Will Anderson, obviously. Uh, yeah. Two years ago, I think Aiden Hutchinson, even though he wasn't the first defense player drafted, I think Aiden Hutchinson had kind of separated himself as, hey, I'm I'm that guy. Uh, you can go back to Chase Young or the Bosa brothers. And so it's interesting this year, I just, we, we don't have that guy. And I, I think, you know, there's plenty of, contenders um florida state's jared verse he's been really really good versus the run but no sacks yet um and the the true impact plays have just been too infrequent with him and you know you're waiting for him just to take over games it's it's not like he's falling i'm not saying that but he hasn't necessarily separated himself as being like hey yeah i'm a lock top 10 pick that type, I mean, he's a very good player. He's going to start in the NFL at this time next year. But 
so far, it's just been a little bit, uh, you know, okay, not not overwhelming. Mm-hmm. We touched on some of the cornerbacks last year or last week. Um, Kool Aid uh, McKinstry from Alabama is good, but is he top ten good? Um, I think Clemson's Nate Wiggins is really, really underrated. Um, he ha- he was great against Florida State. Five targets, zero catches allowed, had one pass breakup. He got injured the last play of regulation. Uh, sounds like he'll be back soon. Doesn't sound like okay. it was a serious thing. Uh, Chop Robinson from Penn State. Man, this guy yeah. was... He just... Uh, Cade McNamara for Iowa, the quarterback's going to have just nightmares of this guy. They, they couldn't block him. And, and, they, and it was fun because they would rush him. Uh, and I... I tweeted the four play sequence uh uh on on, on twitter with with chop they lined him up uh over the a gap and lined him up for the center um i mean he looked like uh you know uh, micah parsons out there with some of the quickness to win in those small spaces but then on the edge that speed uh that he yeah. has and then that so that force fumble that he had that swipe move was was crazy um uh, so uh, chop robinson it has to be in that conversation as well and then I, I think if I have to put an answer right now to, okay, if the draft were tomorrow, the first defensive player drafted, I think I'm going Dallas Turner, uh, Alabama. Yeah, he leads the SEC in sacks. He leads the SEC yeah. in pressures. Uh, he's really good versus a run. Uh, when he they ask him to drop in space, he makes plays. He's not yep. Will Anderson, but you can tell that he learned uh, from him with the way he reads the game, his reaction quickness. And then late in that fourth quarter against Ole Miss on Saturday, he, he basically called game. He, he was dominant. He took it over. So, uh, you know, I, when you look at the production, um, he's the only player in college football with at least four and a half sacks, at least 20 pressures. He's got two forced fumbles. Um, again, in the run game, he's grading really well. So I, I, if the drafter tomorrow, I think Turner would probably be my highest graded defensive player. And but you know, it's uh, I don't think it's a runaway by any means. Right. I, I think that's that's exactly who I had. I was I was waiting for you to get to him. And I was I was like, oh man, I, I he's low on Turner right now. But I I figured you're yeah. a great salesman, Dane. Uh, but no, I I think I, the Chop Robinson shout out. You showed me the clip. You sent me that clip. And that was. Yeah, it, it's all. It was all glimpses. It's, it's with him different before. than it's a different. lot of these guys. Yeah, exactly. And that's where you have to get into some of the projection, but you have to still see some flashes and consistent flashes. And he's shown it. So yeah, but like he's such a different flavor than all yeah. these other guys. They so talk about verse, and, and we talked about the Ohio State guys like that. Those are those thumper types. Um, Trice from Washington that are more the complimentary players, good against the run, but okay against the pass. So, but when you're talking Chop Robinson and Dallas Turner, Turner is. Like he has length and he, it, it's not that you're not, when you look at him, you're like, oh, he's not gonna be very strong, but he has some pop to his hands and mm-hmm. obviously has the frame that he can grow even more into. So he has that natural strength, that natural explosion, the length. And so that's the traits that you already want to start off with, with the edge guys. And honestly, there's, he has the stats, but there's a bit of like, if you don't know, bet on the Bama player. Like in, in basketball scouting, I've come around on, if you don't know, bet on the Kentucky player. Mm. And it's worked out a little bit, like pretty decently under John Calipari. Um, but it's just, I think with Dallas Turner, there's a little bit of that, but he has the production. They use him in a different way. I watch Will Anderson getting used right now on Sundays and he's, he's looking great. Yeah. And, but he has his ears pinned back. What we want to see, I think Turner will get that same bump, even though he is already showing statistically and eye test. But I'm, I'm with you. He would be my guy right now. The only one that out of a true, you know, top 10 ish grade on right now that, yeah. uh, uh, for these defensive guys. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting pass rusher class. Uh, you mentioned, or we were talking about the Penn State, and I was watching that Penn State tape, and 
uh, you know, it's, it goes play by play and it gets down to 33 plays and that stopped. I'm like, oh, why, why did it crash? Or why didn't the rest of the plays load? <laughs> I only ran, Iowa offense only ran 33 plays in that game. Yes. I have never, Penn State ran Smallest 97. Smallest file size ever. <laughs> I've never seen such a lopsided uh, play allocation. Like it just—it's crazy. I, I was—I thought for sure something crashed or all the plays didn't load, but no, I—I would just didn't run many plays, and so uh, the snap counts will look a little different on, on that one. Yeah, that was uh, I used to hate because I'd have to make cutoffs when I was with the Falcons, and and whenever I got like a Pac-12 or Big 12 offense alignment, I saw like fifth round grade on a guy, and it's like, all yeah. right, I got to watch four games, and then it's like 120 plays, 110, 102, 110, <sighs> and the guy sucks, and I just have to watch <laughs> and make the cut up. I'm going through all these plays, and it's just like they're running everything at warp speed, no technique, and I was like, that's it's it's nice when sometimes you get some of those. Big Ten classics. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> to get through. It's I only say, like an eight minute film. The 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 work you the, the, you did you're doing the Lord's work though because I it is so much better watching the point of attack tape when you're yes you know uh, what I was talking about the POA tape yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, it's so much easier when you can watch that tape and you have you know all these plays that you know your guy's going to be involved with whereas involved. if you're just watching the full game you know there you could go 10 plays 12 plays without your guy doing anything that's anything useful to you so it's just yeah it, it, the 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 assistants doing all that cut up uh, oh. work of all these college players in each NFL facility uh those guys are invaluable but it, it's the 10,000 hours rule like totally like for film like sure. that was like you you have to watch them and so it's you like do. you oh, just yeah. get, you get a thousand reps, ten thousand reps on just watching these guys, and sometimes yeah, it, it stuck at least a little bit for me. I, I'm hoping it, it's, any, it's, any, Im- it's important work because if you miss a play you or it. if oh. you don't include it in the cut up, oh. or I mean, it's there's Why'd a you lot use of this game and not this game exactly well, right. I, when right. I made it, that game wasn't available. Like this is <laughs> what, why did you include this? Why is this play in here? Why is this? Why you know, is this it's pl- like, oh god, like, that would be the worst. Right, like you have to. You know, kind of show your work and trust your he's, own eyes. He's releasing he's, on a screen. I had to show him in space. Well, <laughs> he didn't hit go. anybody, right, but right. you got to see. You got to see him open up a little bit, right? Okay, <laughs> right. okay, all right, sure. Like, yeah, you just get a hard time. No, this this ball wasn't even complete. Why'd you show it? Well, he he had a good takeoff there. Um, but any any interior defense alignment that like uh, that maybe at the top of the board or maybe the top half of the draft, or is it more just a lot of you uh, see goodish uh, at this point in time? Yeah, let me uh, Johnny Newton, Illinois. I think he's yeah. been the top guy, but I don't I don't know that he's necessarily a top ten pick, top fifteen yeah. pick. I think yeah. he's more um, in the back half of uh, round one, which is fine. You know, he he's yeah, exactly. <laughs> where, you know, think Kalijah can see like you know that range where yeah, yeah, yeah. once you get to pick sixteen, seventeen, okay, we're we could be on Newton watch here, but you know he could fall to twenty five or I, I think yeah, yeah. he's in that range because the size will be an issue. Uh, it's something that several scouts have already brought up to me, how he does not have a universal uh, approval rating from team to team because he's just not a big guy. He's not going to be for yeah. everybody, but for the team that is okay with that, can look past the size, man, you're getting a disruptive player with him. He's so quick. He, another guy that just doesn't come off the field, plays a ton of snaps. So Newton, definitely the guy that I would mention there. Uh, the rest of these guys, like, you know, Mason Smith from LSU, um, you know, Leonard Taylor from Miami. There, there's a lot of talent there, but None, I don't think any of these guys have separated themselves as, hey, I'm a lock first round pick. You, right. you know, definitely go in top 25. Nothing like that, in my opinion. Okay. That, I was just curious because he's the one, only one that I've kind of seen rising to the top a little bit, but I, I just been kind of like keeping an eye. Maybe someone steps up. I do. There is a lot of good, but yeah, just maybe not that right. overwhelming guy. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Speaking of good, the Pac-12, just hmm. overall, has been very entertaining. <laughs> Going yeah. out with a bang. Farewell uh, tour. Yes, it is. And it's like a classic Pac-12 kind of conference, too. Not only good teams, but they're slinging it with some good quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, where do you want to even want to start? Which is, I mean, there's so many guys we can rattle off here and talk with here. So maybe right. want to go with some maybe guys that we haven't touched on before. So maybe Bo Nix uh, from Oregon would be a great start. We've talked about it a little bit before, but maybe not highlighted. Do you want to start with Nix? Yeah, that, that, that's a good uh, good call. Because, yeah, we touched on Penix last week. Um, yep. Yeah, we both see a really good college quarterback and maybe just a good prospect. Um, obviously, we've talked about Caleb and Shadur. Yes, Caleb. Um, but, yeah, maybe I should list off of these 20 quarterbacks. Yeah, seriously. Pac-12 right now. But, no, it's great. You, you just look at the raw stats. The Pac-12 is four of the top five passing offenses in the country uh, with oh, Washington, man. Washington State, USC, Colorado. And then Oregon, they're in the top 10. They're just a few spots later. So, yeah, I mean, Bo Nix is a good place to start. I mean, he could have came out last year. I think he would have been a day two pick. He decides to come back. Um, you know, he's been really good this year. Um, you know, he can use his legs. He's got a good arm. Um, I mean, he, he's accurate. He's controlled. He's really good between the numbers. Uh, he can spread the ball out. So I, there's a lot of Bo Nix that you feel like translates to the next level. Um, I don't right now. I think he's, got to be the leader to be the first senior quarterback drafted um not that's i don't think it's a runaway by any means yeah. but i think he's been the one guy that i feel maybe most comfortable with I d- i'm really excited for that oregon washington showdown we've got in two weeks yeah. uh in it, it, it's at washington um that's gonna be a ton of fun because two offenses that we know are gonna put up points uh you know which defense can can make a bigger stop that a lot of uh, you know that that those tapes will be weighted maybe a little bit more for those two quarterbacks. No, that's good to know. Uh, I mean, that uh, all the really Washington Oregon schools they have a nice little round robin they could have <laughs> with these right? four quarterbacks. No, yeah. but I I think Nick's has really his feet have calmed down a ton, which has really helped his accuracy, and he just looks confident right now. Uh, he's that type of player, anyways. That kind of lives off confidence because he's going to be he's going to have some chaotic moments like he's going to try some stuff and you have to live with it but i think that now i understand the variance a little bit that maybe sometimes before i'd be like why'd you do that (laughs) and now i'm like no push it screw it you you're the day-to-day or the the snap to snap has been much better so i have really been i've really liked what i've seen from from nick so far i said how do you actually think he is um do i have what uh teams in the spring had him at 6017 so Six one and seven eight. Wow, that's what wow. that's what they had in the summer. Two twenty five. 
Yeah, I knew he, he he was thick. I, I was picturing more like six foot and change. So that that's interesting. Um, yeah, yeah uh, he's pretty ten inch hands. So good to check that box. Yeah, good little size there. Yeah, yeah. good size there. Um, um, yeah, I, but, with, I, I know we oh, haven't sorry. talked enough about him, but a guy yeah. I like I know for sure we haven't talked enough about is Cam Ward at Washington State. Oh. Can't uh, wait to talk about him. <laughs> he, I, you know, he's he's so interesting because he was a wing T quarterback in high school, starts yeah. out in incarnate word, FCS level, blows up there, transfers to Washington State last year, and, and he was up and down. Uh, he's yeah. yep. still very much learning the position, but man, he's been so much better this year, and he just looks more consistent. He looks more in control. Uh, the completion percentage is up over 10 percentage points, which I know is deceiving at times, but just w- whenever you make a jump 10 percentage points, yeah. you take notice of that. Like that, that's something that, uh, you can point to the tape and say, okay, I see why here. Um, he's creating more explosive plays. Yep. The biggest thing is he's cutting down on the reckless tendencies. That was something yep. that just, no matter who you talk to, uh, first thing that they were in the, in the league, when they, when you talk Cam Ward, first thing they would bring up interceptions or just what are you doing type of plays doing yes yeah he's cut down on those and he's actually played some decent defenses wisconsin oregon Mm. state so you know i i like the elusiveness he does a nice job creating some of those second chance throws um it's that's a strength to his game but he doesn't rely on it this year where i think he did last year he's trusting his reads more this year and he's ripping it on time so it's yes. another example of a guy that has more reps under his belt, better, more experience. And I, you can tell he made it a point this year, uh, this offseason, to be more repeatable with his base, yeah. with his delivery. And that has translated to improved accuracy. So, yeah, Cam Ward looks like a much better player than he did last yeah. year. Uh, reckless tendencies down, consistency up. And so if he continues on this track, uh, the feedback coming into this year was from scouts, always a late round project coming into this year. That's what it was. But I mean, through September, uh, he's definitely arrows pointing up for him. I, I, I really like him. I, I remembered how I watched him last year cause he played Wisconsin. So that's how it comes to my attention. And the incarnate ward transfer system going on with those quarterbacks as the, it kind of piques my interest in some of those guys, because what, sure. uh, wasn't, uh, was, uh, Zappy was he, uh, uh Houston Baptist. Uh, Houston Baptist. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh man, the FCS Texas schools. <laughs> right, me. right. Uh, but uh, but no, but with Cam Ward, it was okay. He has the funky delivery, the little sidearm throwing style. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, good strong runner. He's a good athlete, and then he's got some zip on the arm, like he throws a tight mm-hmm. spiral. And I was like, okay. I didn't really think of him as a true draftable guy. Just more of it. Like I agree with the scouts was basically what I'm saying. Yeah. What I've seen, I just watched two games on him, uh, including Wisconsin and now the Oregon State game. Got watched them both on all 22. Wow, just mm-hmm. calm in the pocket, no chatter with his feet. What you're just talking about, and maybe having an answer right away, and as opposed to just going like, "I'll figure it out." Like it right. truly is going into. I know I'm throwing here. I'm going to move in the pocket and get there. And whipping that ball out on time, plenty of arm strength, pushes for big plays. And that's why I, I'm glad he brought the accuracy stuff because it's not like he, he does, they do some dink and dunk stuff, but he's pushing the ball. Yeah. He's firing stuff down the field, which is just, it's great. I, I really like him. Uh, he, he's, I, I'm really like, peaked me up. Like, it really did. It really oh, yeah. got me excited. Like, I, I want to keep watching him throughout this year. Um, actually, kind of reminds me, I want to throw this comparison out to you a little bit, David Garrard. Little, hmm. little David Garrard there from East Carolina. You know, okay. That, that's yeah. a name old I have Jack not Star- heard in a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bet. 
And that was that's my kind of comparison for him. Good, strong athlete, good arm, and just an improving. And yeah, the footwork, the calm footwork, really stood out to me. Um, speaking of, how about the other side of the ball? Did uh, with Oregon State's quarterback, the transfer from Clemson, Mister mm. DJ. I'm just going to call it DJU. I'm just not even to try here because I have tried and I just can never get his name out right. But right. Um, I, who I thought made a great decision to transfer to Oregon State. Yeah. Uh, but any thoughts on him so far, uh, as far as maybe breaking him down or just looking at him as, as a prospect? I mean, he looks uh, like he's just much more comfortable. I don't know what oh, what, so what it was more. at Clemson in that last year. He just he he, he struggled to be comfortable and confident. Yeah. And now at at this new place, uh, it, it just feels like he's he's playing within himself a lot more. Um, you know, he's at that size. You know, you feel good about him as a as a runner uh, with his mobility. Um, let's see, what do I have him listed at? Uh, Six oh four two two forty. So he's a big boy, Man. Uh, but but not a statue. I mean, he I'm can shocked. Move. I'm taller than him. I actually thought he would be even taller than me. Yeah, I, I was six oh I was six oh four five. So okay, got me. He, I got him by a little bit. But that's that. Anyways, just good. No, he's tall. And big. Yes, yes, <laughs> he, he's well put together. So yeah, yeah. he's a, he's another guy that came in late round grades, um, yeah. but. The way he's playing, it's like okay, there's something here. You know, there, there's yeah. he, he's if you're gonna play with this type of confidence, um, you know, we, we need to you know revisit. And he's a fourth year guy. I could, you know, he could always go back for another year, um, it, get even better. I don't, it, you know, next year's quarterback class. You know, who knows what it'll look like? But we know this year's quarterback class looks pretty crowded. So yeah. I, I think we'll have a decision to make after this year. I yeah, I, I thought this was a great call by him to go from the Clemson offense, which is very elementary and has mm. been for a while now and that's it's a good and bad thing for for them but getting out of that and like you're saying the confidence and so much so much with these athletes especially quarterbacks is about confidence but i thought the initial returns that are already paying off with being with an awesome coaching staff at oregon state and a very real professional offense as far as terminology uh the shifting and motioning the actual reads he has to make the early dividends have been already like the early returns i should say have already been very promising, but right. I actually, I'm glad you brought that up that maybe he can return. I want to see him return for another year uh, because I think just another year with this can really just like boom, 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 really launch him. And he has that eligibility to do that. I, I, I almost treat him like a redshirt freshman right now. Mm. Like I'm just trying to wipe out the Clemson days from him, just watch him like that. And, but yeah, he's been, he's been looking a lot better. He's a big, good athlete with a huge arm and the polish is getting there, which I think is really, really encouraging. Yeah. And uh, you still do see some of the, I mean, the San Diego state, I had that, that was a tough game for him. Um, and, but in the five it, second throwing motion, <laughs> right? Exactly. So it, it's not like we're saying, okay, he's a top 100 pick now. I mean, he no, still has no. a ways to go, but he's been a much more promising than what we thought he was at he, Clemson. He was basically off the board for me uh, after Clemson. Like, just oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah, undrafted, seventh round undrafted. Well, okay, maybe take a shot off. But now it's like that, exactly. He's looking more like that fourth-ish round type. But I, again, I want to see another year and just mm-hmm. more that he can clean up because he still has more to go. Even uh, anybody else in the Pac-12, we have uh, Cam Rising from Utah. Yeah, what, we haven't what? seen him yet because he's coming yeah, back from the ACL. A, um, yeah, injury, right? Okay. But he, he's one of those uh Gardner Minshew types you know where it's just (laughs) nothing about him necessarily screams NFL quarterback in terms of just when you you know see see him out there but he wins he's tough um you know he last year I I don't know if he was planning on coming out or not but he gets injured in the in the Rose Bowl against Penn State so it's like okay I'm coming back um we're you know waiting for him to be healthy before we really see him this year but I mean he's 
he's a guy that has so much, you know, moxie to him that 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 and that's something that scouts bring up with him. He he's just got that it factor, and so uh, he had draftable grades from a lot of teams this summer. And as long as he's healthy, uh, you know, yeah, he he's and so what? Caleb, uh, Bo Nix, Shadur, Penix, Cam Ward. DJU, Cam Rising, that's seven quarterbacks right there that theoretically would be drafted uh, in, in this yeah. draft class from just one conference. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, we'll see how how it all shakes out, how many of these guys actually declare, who goes back, but it's yeah. uh, a, a pretty impressive group of quarterbacks for sure. Yeah, even speaking of Caleb, so like, that's like you're even saying too, there's depth, there's guys at the top, there's guys that are ascending, there's seniors, mm-hmm. there's every single type. But if you're at the top of the draft, the 2024 draft, there's a couple teams that have uh, some, a lot of draft collateral and might be hmm. looking at a quarterback at the top of the draft. But you got the Caleb sweepstakes or the Caleb Mabe sweepstakes, whichever one, or the Marvin Harrison <laughs> Jr. sweepstakes or the Olafashadu sweepstakes. Um, but this draft order right now, as it's kind of starting to shake out, I know we're only three weeks into the NFL season, but how what, what are you kind of envisioning right now as far as maybe this draft order who's going to go up there and maybe just who's pining for that Caleb sweepstakes I I mean if we're going to try and forecast you know the top five we got to start with the Bears right I mean not only how bad they look uh, but also they have the pick uh, you know the 0-3 Panthers they have their first round pick so right now there's four 0-3 teams one's the Bears one's the Panthers so if you're the Bears, you know, as ugly as this first three weeks have been, uh, if you're forecasting moving forward, you've got to have at least some optimism. Um, that you know, I think over the summer we talked all about the Cardinals. Oh, they could get Caleb and Marvin Harrison Jr. with their right. two first rounders, one and two. That's a realistic outcome for Chicago. Uh, they yeah. could have two top five picks, draft a quarterback, and then either Harrison or maybe even Fashano if they want to get that tackle. So That's perfect. Yeah, and obviously. That changes things pretty quickly for that organization. Um, yeah. You know, it's it, the, the the Justin Fields thing is interesting. It's honestly it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Sam Darnold, where clearly Sam Darnold wasn't getting a ton of help, um, but a lot of it was on him too in New York. Right. Um, same thing with Fields in Chicago. Like clearly he's not getting a ton of help, but clearly it's a lot of is on him is on him yeah. as well and it'll be hard to quit Justin Fields because the next place he goes, there will still be a lot of believers that say, Oh, they'll figure him out. You know, or they'll right. be and same thing with Darnold. Uh, so it kind of reminds me of that situation where, I mean, even right now, if Darnold, uh, if Brock Purdy went down and is out for the year and Sam Darnold's the quarterback, almost a lot of people, including myself, and I'm sure even including you would say, Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Three they're making the playoffs. Yeah. They're, 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 they're fine. So yeah, yeah, I mean it'll it'll be really interesting with Fields. Was preseason? How... I was, I was freaking, <laughs> freaking out during the preseason. I was like, look at this! I right, still believe. Right. <laughs> so I, I, and I think Fields will be the same thing. Where no yeah. matter how the rest of the season plays out, if the Bears do decide to move on, uh, there will still be plenty of believers that say, "Oh, yeah. we'll see where he ends up. We'll see, uh, you know, where the landing spot is, and uh, we'll see how it works out." Yeah, he it's it definitely needs a fresh start. We we talk about other positions and everything, and just the. Everything just overhanging that franchise right now. It's just it's it's right. My our producer Beller and co-host are both Bears fans, so it's like even if I want to ignore it, I, we're going to talk about it because <laughs> it's right. a big part of their lives. But I, I think too is that it also stands for how good Caleb Williams and Drake May, at least in my mind, are. Yes. That it's that a guy that even I was high on Justin Fields. I'm like, yeah, I'll take these two over him. Like even if I were like, oh, there's still talent there and everything. These two are a different tier. 
of quarterback prospect than even Fields was. And I liked Fields a lot. Still, still, I'm one of those that's like, I just want to see him at a fresh start. But <laughs> it's going to be, but these teams at the top, and then also just the fact that there's two top quarterbacks, a top tackle, a top receiver. Yeah. There's so many great constellation prizes. You know, sometimes when it's a tank first insert name here, like kind of season, it's like, okay, that's the grand prize. Oh, we didn't get it. Now we have the third pick and we still need a quarterback. Oh God. This year it's like, oh, just getting the top five, getting the top right. four. Like and we're, we can do this. So I think it's going to be very interesting, especially once November, December start kind of creeping towards. And I 100% believe that if Caleb Williams was in last year's draft, the Bears, they don't trade out. They stay at one and they take too. Caleb Williams. Um, yeah. I, I 100% believe that. And some people think they should have anyways. They should have stayed at one and drafted a quarterback, whether it was Stroud or Bryce Young or whoever. And I mean, I think they made the right move because, you know, too. you're <laughs> – I mean, from a PR perspective, okay, you gave Fields the chance, didn't work out. Okay, so you're gonna have fewer fans uh, off of your back because if you if you drafted a quarterback at one with Fields still there, it would have been you know the fans would have revolted and or half oh, the yeah. fans at least. Now I think more fans are like, okay, it's time to move on from Fields, try something new. Um, but not to mention, okay, you had a chance to add, you added a tackle in the top ten last year. You have a, another first-round pick next year that's probably going to be a top-10 pick. That could be a receiver, another offensive lineman, whatever. So you're, you're just more equipped to go with the quarterback, um, whether that's Caleb or Drake May or you know if they end up winning a few of these games and they fall out of this uh, the 1-2 the range and you know they, they have the ammo to go up and get one of those guys. So yep. it, it's really interesting. Uh, looking at these other 0-3 teams, Minnesota, I mean, they're 0-3, but I mean, they've lost each of those games by like what six points or less so i don't yeah they're not i don't, I don't think they're making great make, yeah i don't think they're <laughs> making the playoffs that. but i mean i don't they're they're too good to finish in the bottom seven That's how i look at of the standings yeah. Uh, yeah denver's also owing three um but again the ass kicking against miami notwithstanding i i don't think they finish with a top five pick so um but then you look at the one and two teams the raiders the jets right. um right. cardinals Texans uh Cardinals have the Texans pick so I mean you have some some of those one on two teams that look like all right you know uh, I'm I'm interested to get because I don't we've talked a lot about Caleb and and Drake uh May but I don't know if we've talked about Arizona specifically if you're the GM of that team and let's say you have the number two pick Caleb goes one May is sitting there at two uh are you finding a way out of the Kyler deal and you're you're going with Drake May I think so I think with this regime and what they're trying to do right now, too, I think they're just trying to go total fresh start with everybody. That's why mm-hmm. they – even the, the Isaiah Simmons trade and, and okay, Buda Baker's not playing. Like, they're just doing all these little things where it's like they're playing the guys they want to play. And it's it almost feels more like a college team when a new staff gets there. And it's like, man, this team had 18 – old college team before NIL and all the transfers and everything. They have 18 transfers. Guys transfer out. Uh, they had 25 guys signed, and actually, they only took seven of them. Like, you know, like they just, it's like this hodgepodge kind of team that they're putting together. They're really well coached. I'm very, the initial, again, another initial returns kind of thing. What's going on in Arizona? I'm very optimistic about it. I broke them down mm-hmm. on, on YouTube this week, but um, I would absolutely be looking to get out of it. And there's plenty of teams that want a quarterback that would for sure take Kyler uh, off your hands. And so now you can build up more draft capital on top of the stuff you already have get a fresh quarterback, get another building block. It, it, they, they can be set up nicely no matter kind of how it shakes out the season. Yeah. I think the other yeah. interesting one is the Jets. I'm surprised how much pushback I've gotten from Jets fans on Twitter about 
drafting a quarterback in the first round. I mean, obviously, hopefully Rodgers comes back, but it's right. such a crapshoot coming back from that injury. Um, and to say he's going to roll off an Achilles, yeah. right? And he's, he's going <laughs> to start tough. seventeen games next year. Like it's just right. it's tough. And even if he let's, let's say he does, great, that's awesome. Uh, you have your quarterback waiting in the wings because Rodgers is only going to play, right? Uh, you know, x one more year, two more years at the most. So I mean, we're we're sitting pretty nice with a quarterback because if Rodgers is playing and he's playing well, you're not going to have a top ten pick. So right. you while you're are, while you are picking in the top ten you get your guy. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm surprised there's been pushback on that. I, th- I think it's a, if you have a chance to draft a quarterback that you believe in, um, I mean, obviously the Zach Wilson experiment is not going well at all. Right. I mean, he just, he doesn't look like he has any confidence out there. The game is moving way too fast for him. Yeah. Um, I, it's just hard to see that fixing itself um, throughout the course of this year. I just don't I, see it happening. I, I think that's how you, just laid it out like that timeline too. Like and Rogers doesn't seem like he wants to go out on this note. He's like, I'm trying mm-hmm. to play this year and everything. So, but that's yeah, setting yourself up for future success. Not having to play a guy right away is, is huge too. And just even if the guy is talented and everything, just getting to sit and just oh, chill out. Like Jordan Love getting, got to sit for whatever three three years, mm-hmm. uh, but how he looks is wildly different than what he looked at Utah state and it's how calm he looks. And it's so nice when they can just get rep after rep after rep. Yes. You want the, the live action reps, but it still pays dividends. I, I think anyways. So I, I, like you said with that timeline and also it was like drafting a tight end this year. It's like, Oh, it's draft a tight end in the second or third round. It's such a loaded class that it's like the tight end four or five or six could be a tight end one, two in other classes. So it's, you know, that's not, of course, Brock Bowers comes out this year. So, <laughs> but, uh, but it's one of those kind of things that if I get the quarterback three in a class like this, that could be a quarterback one in other classes. Uh, maybe, maybe not, but we'll see right. how it just shakes out and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be fascinating, uh, especially just how, who has the picks and what they need to. It's just, it's going to be very interesting. Well, it's gonna be, uh, who, we, we didn't see the and Kyler. Like available yeah. on the on the trade yeah. block, it's gonna be. There's so many sliding doors that might happen this offseason. We didn't see the Cardinals beating the Cowboys on on Sunday, so I mean, no. who knows? I mean, Cardinals might rip off four wins here in the next, uh, you know, right. six weeks. I, you just who knows? It's the NFL, and that that does yeah. make uh, look the tanking's not a thing. It's it's, it's not, not. It, it, in the NFL. Tanking the NFL. is not a thing. Um, now, once you get to the final game of the year, maybe there's some times when you know there's some. Uh, stuff that goes on, uh, but in September, October, November, no, there's nothing like that that happens. Nope. Um, nope. but so it will be interesting when you have these these this type of quarterback class, and especially the two guys at the top, how how it all shakes out. Yeah, tank, tank is not a thing. It, it's uh, mm-hmm. tape is your resume for coaches and players. So mm-hmm. that I, I, nobody wants to tank their resume on purpose. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of the NFL so far, actually, the first three weeks, there's been plenty of guys standing out offense and especially on defense. Uh, but uh, we wanted to highlight some rookies so far. Uh, let's first start with the defenders to start. We're also going to talk about a couple speedsters that have just been fantastic so far this year. But defense first. Brian Branch, mm. you're, one of your picks for defensive rookie of the year yeah. has been looking every like as high and as good as I hoped he could have been, as probably as you hoped he could have been, he is showing that already. Making plays, TFLs, pick sixes. Brian Branch, anything you want to add to here and just like what you've seen so far, or is it just exactly what you would hope to expect out of him? Yeah, he's just, he's so good. He, this is what you saw in Alabama. This is what we're yeah. seeing uh, now in the pros. I mean, he's, I, I love that he, all right, he doesn't, his tackle numbers are great. They're all solo, every single one. And there's not a, I think there's one missed tackle, which was, yeah. I, I think, on the edge. So, like, he, he's a really good run defender. He's really good tackler in space. Um, he's doing a nice job in coverage. Um, I just, there's so many, so much things that you can do with him. And yes. yeah, he, he's not a big guy. No, he didn't run a fast 40. Just throw in the tape and tell me why, why you don't like this guy. Cause it just, he was such a good college football player. And it's no surprise at all. It shouldn't be a surprise to anybody what he's doing in Detroit. Um, I, <laughs> him falling as far as he did just didn't make any sense nope. and we talked about this in kansas city during when the draft was going on just like what is going on here like it's i you know you're you're gonna overlook some outliers in the first round but then let a guy like this fall to the mid-second yep. like it just didn't make any sense and so Football player yeah but if you're the lions i mean good for you to get him where you did Oh, and he's already just the impact he's making. You can just feel it. And and another kind of feisty defensive back that actually did go high, uh, Devin Witherspoon is getting his first kind of taste of NFL action. Anything you've seen from Witherspoon? I mean, he's been uh, feisty is the best way to put it. <laughs> the, guy, the guy's mindset fits perfectly in Seattle. But what have you seen so far with Witherspoon, Dean? No, Dean, Dean, Dane. <laughs> that, that, I mean, he's so aggressive. I mean, the way, the way you set it up, he's so uh, – the demeanor, the competitiveness that he plays with. Um, I mean, it's it's almost a fine line of, okay, reel it back just a little bit or you're going to get right. uh, uh, more attention from officials uh, with the the way you play. But that, no, it's just – it's the way he plays. And he's not a big guy. He's 5'11 and a half, 180 pounds. Like, he is not a big guy, but he plays big. And that shows up consistently. It uh, showed up consistently at Illinois. And so far, it's showing up consistently uh, with him as a pro. So, you know, it'll be interesting with these first-round corners this year because Christian Gonzalez has been awesome. Um, you know, we, we talked about how it was weird. He fell to the 17th pick. Emmanuel Forbes was taking one pick ahead of him. Uh, and Forbes has been good. I mean, he's he's had a few low moments, but he's been good. Um, I it, Corner so volatile, especially when you talk about oh, yeah. rookies. Um, but it, it, it'll be interesting to track, especially in Deontay Banks too. But the, especially those first three guys with Witherspoon, Gonzalez, uh, and Forbes, just tracking these guys throughout their rookie years, see how they perform um, up and down. Now that that'll be and Witherspoon, he the way he played on Sunday was really impressive. Any uh, defensive front players that have stood out to you, or the front seven guys outside the DB room uh, uh, that have stood out to you so far this year? Uh, how about Thule? 
uh, yeah. for the Chargers. Uh, he he was outstanding over the weekend. Uh, Tui Pelotu. Um, you know, he is a guy that I wasn't as super high on just because, you know, he's he's a good athlete, but not a great athlete. Um, yeah. I like he's he's not he doesn't have a great get off. Um, you know, he's too willing to attack blockers and let them get into his frame, but he wants to fight you, you know, and yeah. and that magnet for contact was my yeah note. he is exactly and so <laughs> usually we say running backs are like that but he he is a magnet for contact <laughs> and that worries you going up against NFL blockers right yeah. but at the same yeah. time because he has natural power because he has just this motor that doesn't quit uh, shock in his hands um, and, and he's got an instinctive nature to the way he plays uh, you know that usually ends up winning in the end and it certainly did. Uh, against uh i mean what minnesota he he was they couldn't block him at times so yeah. he, he just looked outstanding uh on sunday um but yeah he's gonna be interesting to watch because i i graded him as more of a early to mid third round pick and the chargers took him i think late two so earlier than yeah, i would have taken him but you know he's the way he's played so far it certainly looks like the chargers are right yeah, and they needed it so bad. They had no edge depth. They also needed guys that. It's could weird just to say help. that with a team with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, but <laughs> Joey Bosa, but yeah, nothing after that. Yeah, right. so they they just needed a guy, and and the fact that he can just help out against the run too, because that's such a weakness, and and that's it. We usually it's the spine of their defense that's that weakness, but just having anybody that can just set the edge and right. do those types of things helps so much for them. But yeah, he's it's, been a nice complimentary he, piece. Player he, for them. He, he was one of the youngest players in the draft too. I mean, he just turned gotcha. 21 this month. Um, so, you know, he is a guy that you feel like, okay, yeah, best football is definitely in, ahead of this guy. Uh, what about on offense? Uh, uh, Devin A-Chain or I don't know, he's going Oof. by A-Chan now or whatever it is. But uh, yeah, what, what happened with that? I what, don't what, know. Uh, All of a sudden, I was like, wait, I thought I had this name down. Uh, it, it, yeah, well, it's it's weird how guys go their entire college careers going by one name, and then they go to the NFL, and they decide, no, I'm I'm Mitchell Trubisky now. Um, you know, it's just <laughs> kind of weird how some guys do that. But yeah, apparently it's Devon uh, A-Chan now. Uh, A-Chan. For, yeah, I think Adam Schefter uh, r- reported okay. that. that that's, that's what he wants to go by now. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't know. Well, Look, I, I can go back to Kansas City uh, when we're doing the live draft and Miami drafts him, and it's just like, well, duh. I mean, duh. this is I, I, almost every second round mock I did. I had him going in the second round to the Dolphins, and Dolphins ended up getting him in a third round. And it's yep. just the perfect fit of what an offense wants to be, what a player is. Um, I you know, and he was banged up in the preseason. He was inactive week one. It was like, ah, okay, you know, the, all those concerns about his size, like this isn't good. Eh, okay, by week three, already uh, not worried about that because that, that was the thing. He was 188 pounds at the combine, yep. and you know I don't, I don't know what he, his frame is. He closer to 200 pounds now? Maybe I, I don't, I don't know. But <laughs> all I know is it, it doesn't really matter if you can't get your hands on him. And he's right. so quick, so fast. Uh, his speed, his vision, and the way that he works the two together, it just is so much fun. I don't think you need me to even say it but because they put up 70 points but like mike mcdaniel's really good at what he does uh you don't say and, yeah and a chan uh he what i really liked about him even watching him at my initial exposure uh, i think we talked about this in kansas city was that i was watching isaiah spiller and mm. then watching a chan go after him i'm like this guy and that, everyone's like oh that, that that's the track guy that's the speedster i'm like he's a better he might be a better running back like yeah. just as far as vision and tempo and and setting up blocks it's just that he's a 
buck eighty and change. I, I still think he's like one eighty four. <laughs> like that's yeah. what he looks like. And but you get Mike McDaniel is going to use him in very smart ways. Put him out in space and not just in gimmicky ways, but even it's in some gimmicky ways. Like he did an end around to him with HN lined up as a receiver and um, just getting on toss plays, just out in space, out in space. We're not going to run him between the tackles, even though he does have good vision. Uh, but man, that is, it just makes so much sense that he went there. They, that team is just so fast and just everybody's out in space. It just feels just so different than everybody else. It's so much fun to watch. And it kind of was the so far it's been or especially week three it was like the season for the undersized receiver or, mm. <laughs> or the mm-hmm. week of the undersized receiver other rookies that stepped out tank dell I, I can't remember what your grade was on tank dell did you was it he went ended up going in the third round but uh he was a senior bowl standout as well yeah. but what did you think about tank dell when he was coming out i i don't love small receivers that's kind of either. that that is one of my um i i, I need to stay open-minded to small receivers. And I still, I gave him a late third round grade. Um, okay. I was a late third, early fourth. So I, I, I had a fourth on him. So yeah, okay, I didn't so dislike him. You. Yeah, necessarily, but he was um, a guy that, yeah, you just worried me at that size. But I, I tell you what, watching him live at the senior bowl, no one could cover him. Um, and yeah, so far he's getting open, open for CJ Stroud and Stroud's been hitting him. So yeah, that's been fun to watch. And also Marvin Mims uh, with the yeah. Broncos. Uh, another guy who, you know, what you loved about him was the straight line stuff, you know, and it, it could be verticals, it could be crossers, it could be drag, whatever, uh, yeah. whatever you're asking him to run, don't ask him to make more than one cut, but yeah. if you, you know, he can Slug do out. it and do it at a high, yeah, but it'll be interesting how his role develops now uh, within that yeah. offense, because you have to play him more if you're Denver, yeah. and it, it, it'll be interesting just to see how that goes because he's got a lot of juice, tracks the football really well. Um, I mean, he he's too good to keep on the sidelines. He makes your yep. offense better. So yep. how his role evolves throughout the year will be really interesting to watch. Yeah, Sean Payton and and how Russ is Russell Wilson's just such a good deep ball thrower and uh, always has been. So now right. you're getting a guy that's like it's kind of his muse. He, he's great with these type of guys, the locket types. Uh, locket has a little more, bit more, uh, way more polish and technique than Mims does mm-hmm. right now, but that same kind of deep ball uh, attacker. Yeah, he's been he's been really fun. Um, and again, he's averaging a cool twenty eight yards a catch. Uh, always, uh, <laughs> it's great. Old, it. old school Kelly Campbell numbers. Uh, <laughs> remember Kelly Cam? Uh, but just go get vertical and go and launch that ball deep. Uh, but also just not even rookies, uh, undersized speedsters like Tutu Atwell. Mm. Is healthy and the Rams are using yeah. it perfectly. Calvin Austin for the Steelers. A lot of the guys that it's very hard for me to get you out of the fourth round if you're <laughs> if you're under 180. It's I right. mean, very very hard. You have to be very t- like I your route running better be pristine. But seeing all these speedsters just really have kind of a role so far in the in the league has been really fun. Uh, it's always fun when there's more speed. Yeah, it, it, and it's uh, obviously speed kills. Uh, but we've seen plenty of speed guys not be able to cut it, and oh, you know, yeah. and so it's. It's always interesting as you, okay, we know he's fast. How does it apply in football context? And a guy like Marvin Mims, he was the only receiver in college football last year with at least 45 catches to average 20 yards or better uh, per catch. And so this is what he did in college at Oklahoma. And so far, it's what he's doing. It was such an interesting pick for the Broncos because we they didn't have that first-round pick. They didn't have yeah. uh, those early picks. And they decide, all the needs on that team, you didn't necessarily point to receiver as being one yeah. of them. And they right. drafted Marvin Mims. And it was like, okay, this is interesting. Like what, uh, you know, you, you bypass an offensive lineman, you bypass, you know, th- to draft this receiver. And 
you know, with Tim Patrick going down and, uh, you know, Jerry Judy's been banged up. And so how Marvin Mims, I just really interested to see how that whole thing plays out. Only uh, I looked this up because this is just, it's not like we're just being sizist or anything. It's very, there's historical precedence for this. There, there, yeah. I, I looked up this year. So there's only, um, so sub 170 pound quarterback, so 169 pounds or less. Uh, there's only been three receivers ever to have multiple 800 or more yard receiving years. Three ever to have I mean, 800 yards or more twice. Is Devontae Smith part of that? It, he's 170. So he's okay, 171. Okay. So he actually broke, even if I won 170, he wouldn't be on there. But it's Anthony Carter, mm. uh, Stacey Bailey, and James Jett. Okay. Those, yeah. That's it. Those uh, are the three. And right. so that's why it's like, even if these guys are talented, they have speed, they do nice things, they are getting used very well. It's just that you're, you're betting on outliers here. Even if Tank Dell was got, 165 pounds at the combine. Um, yes. So, yeah, like that's, he falls. That, was like 158. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it is tough because, yeah, it's. You want to respect the speed, respect the talent, but it's just, it's hard to bet on their health just because this NFL yes. is just big and fast. Well, and. and, and, and <laughs> And not just that, but play strength and, you know, yep. being able to um, get off press, being able to win yes. some of those contested windows. And so, yeah, it, it is something that you you have to and this is why teams have different thresholds for different positions yep. and different schemes. And you pay attention to that. But it's also important to be open minded to, OK, yep. you know, what does he look like on the field and how does the contact, you know, it'll, this upcoming weekend, we've got Devontae Smith going against Emmanuel Forbes, two of the right. uh, thinnest uh, uh outliers we've seen uh you know and especially when you're talking about first round picks both were top 20 picks and emmanuel forbes was 100 he was 165 pounds as a senior in high school he was 166 pounds at the combine uh you know he's just Hard a guy gainer. that's who what he, that's what he is uh yeah. and he's over six he, he was six one so it's not like he's yeah. five nine and like you and know long. like right tank dell is five eight and a half and 165 pounds whereas uh a guy like uh, emmanuel forbes is almost six one and 166 pounds. So that's really interesting. And then, yeah, with Devonte Smith, obviously uh, as, as slender as he is, uh, that hasn't been a problem for him uh, nope. so far. He oh, just, that is still the highest graded hands I've ever given somebody. Mm. Devonte Smith. Just, I, I love him so much. <laughs> I've, I've said this is that, cause I, I usually defer to size and speed, but it's like, if I really like an undersized guy, it's kind of like, like listen a little bit i should listen to myself it's like why right. oh like even like a guy like jordan addison who i should be usually throwing out it's mm-hmm. like i just like this tape so much i just yeah. i just liked him so much and yeah he's he's looking perfect to z right now in that vikings offense but he was 173 uh, pounds at the at the combine i mean that's and, that, that was an eye-opener like oh okay that's, whoa yeah <laughs> i knew he wasn't big but not right that that small. That was that was a surprising one. Still, right. Uh, uh, so yeah, you already mentioned uh, you know Devontae Smith and Emmanuel Forbes matchup for the NFL, but we got prospect matchups maybe for Week Five of college football. Who are you keeping an eye on this weekend, Dane? And who maybe should the if the viewer, the listener is checking this uh, this weekend slate out, who should they keep an eye on? Who should they spotlight? Uh, well, I'm interested uh, in see Duke. Uh, Notre Dame's going uh, to Duke, and College Game Day will be there. That'll be fun. Uh, but be Riley great. Leonard, Graham Barton, um, see how that offense holds up against Notre Dame's defense. Uh, Graham Barton's so interesting. He's I don't know that he's going to end up in the first round because he's he's I think he's a guard first yeah. first and foremost. I think so too um, now. 
but at the same time, his tape's been really good this year. Um, I mean, I think he's just a he's a plug and play NFL starter. Um, he's just a rock solid player. Um, but I want to see him against Notre Dame and then Riley Leonard too. Um, you know, he's. Yep. He's still in the mix, you know, um, as we kind of – it's hard when you talk about these guys. You, you know, we overreact, underreact, whatever, after each game. But to see Riley Leonard go up against a Notre Dame defense, that is uh, it's a pretty good unit. Um, yeah. You know, they held Ohio State to 17 points. And, um, you know, it's uh, interesting to see how they how Notre Dame bounces back. Um, Jalen Daniels, quarterback Kansas, uh, going up against yeah. Texas. That'll be a good one. Um, eager to see that one. Texas has a pretty good defense. Defensive front is really good. Jalen Ford, the linebacker, is um, outstanding, especially in coverage. So definitely interested to see how that one plays out. Um, LSU and uh, Ole Miss, uh, Malik Neighbors going up against Deontay Prince. Uh, That's fun. Malik Neighbors is a first-round pick uh, type of player. Uh, Deontay Prince is a top 125, top 150 prospect. So that'll be fun. And then, of course, we got Colorado and USC. Uh, you know, yeah. see how obviously the quarterbacks with Caleb and Shadur, but um, plenty of other guys in that one too. So yeah, it's this this weekend's matchups aren't as juicy on paper as last week, but yeah. college football never disappoints. It always comes. You know, there's always never, uh, never. some some barn burners and some uh, close games and plenty to talk about next week. I've been very much enjoying getting my Saturdays to watch college football again and making sure that I told my wife this year, it's like, Hey, I'm going to be watching Saturdays aren't as free as they used to be. <laughs> right. It's been great. It's been great though. Like I even just, I was watching uh North Carolina pit and I'm watching Drake may and throwing lefty casually left-handed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad he tweeted it because, Oh man, he was, but he made a couple throws that game. I was all excited about, but just even watching yeah. that game and just the chaos, chaotic nature of the first half. I was like, Oh, college football is awesome. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I love this. It's just block punts, field goals, missed kicks, guys dropping balls. They, they're wide open guys, tip balls, thrown lefty. It's the best. Uh, uh, it, but it'll I, be with North Carolina. It'll be interesting to see how long they can take this. Cause they're, they're not a great team, but yeah. with Drake may, you could be as, you know, you can keep winning football games. They're four and zero because of Drake may. So I know, even I'm though, <laughs> yeah, the, the stats don't look outstanding. He's <laughs> still a five to four touchdown interception ratio. Yeah. And he's averaging under 300 yards passing a game. They are um, the Kings of getting inside the five. And then they just <laughs> hand the ball off. Like yeah. if he were <laughs> playing it at, like Michael H used to pad those stats perfectly. He used to be the right. best. He just right or or Peyton in, in Denver. They just run receiver screens, so he get the passing touchdowns. It's like Drake May's the opposite. They get inside the five mm-hmm. dark, hand it off, hand it off, hand it off. No touchdowns for you. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting with uh, just to see how because the ACC feels like it's uh, you know pretty competitive this year. I mean, yeah. even though Clemson lost, they're what two and two. They're still. Uh, you know, a good team. Florida State is looking awesome. Um, yep. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun to see how they, the rest of the year, how that plays out. Absolutely. Well, I think that will do it for Prospects to Pros this week. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you again to Dane. So much great information. I, I That's what's great about this college football season, kind of chugging along and stuff gets highlighted. But thank you all for joining us. We have so much great stuff here on the Athletic Football Show. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. We've got plenty of videos up there as well. Check, join us for our live streams Sunday night, Thursday night. I think that's it. Enough words for today. Thank you guys for joining us. I'll see you all next time. See you guys next Wednesday. This was the Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros podcast.